Welcome to this week's edition of Sunday Morning Live from Fresh Fire Church. Today's message from Pastor Adam will encourage and strengthen your walk with Christ. If you would like to be a partner with Fresh Fire Church for $15 a month or more, become our patron on Podbean or visit freshfirechurch.net. And now, let's join the service. As we were worshiping, the Lord was saying, His banner over us truly is love. But sometimes we feel and get entangled with things that we think are so strangling around us. However, he's saying today, he, he removed those entanglements from our lives. And he's also telling us today that we need to get under that banner and we need to let that love flow in and through and over us individually because then it will go out corporately. But we've got to get under it and allow while he freed us so that we don't get entangled again. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Good, good God. Yes, he's worthy. He is worthy. Hallelujah. Mighty, mighty God. Mighty God. He's worthy. We used to sing a song old time ago. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him and heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. Amen. He's worthy of our praise. I'll tell you, anytime you need God to come in the midst and move in a situation, give him praise. And if you'll dare to put a praise on it, he will always show up. I've done enough teaching for those of you that have been around or watched a while or listened. Uh, I did enough preaching and teaching on praise that it should let you know anytime you need God to show up, just give a praise. Even when you don't feel like it, give him a praise and he will join you in your midst. Amen. Dare to put a praise on it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Mighty, mighty, mighty. So glad you're all with us today. We miss everybody who isn't, but we love them and appreciate it many ways and hope to see you with us soon. Hallelujah. Thankful today to have some extra help today on the platform with Brother Don and filling in with Brandon and uh, hallelujah. Clifford helping out on the keys a little bit as well. Hallelujah. <clears throat> well, glory. What a week this was. Mm. This was a whirlwind. If anybody was just aware of all the things going on, it was a whirlwind. And I'm just grateful that he gave us the grace and the strength to get through, especially on Thursday. Hallelujah. But he did. And so here we are. And he was with Renita and her family uh, Friday at the uh, funeral. And I'm grateful for that. And just a good home going for her mom and celebration of her life and her faith. And uh, it was just good. I told some of the folks... Right at the end, I thought we was about to have church all over again. Um, uh, a few of the ladies, I've asked, uh, Renita offered to bring them up and visit. And I tell you, if, if they come and visit and they sing, you better be ready to have some church. Mm. I mean, even when it was all over with, we started singing soon and very soon. We're going to see the king. And I mean, I just thought, Lord, 
Ah, uh, it was good. So uh, be ready when they come, and we'll try to give you a heads up. And I know you'll be blessed. And uh, if if that sister comes and she would sing uh, the song, uh, "His Eyes on the Sparrow." Ah, uh, it'll all be over. It'll all be over. So, uh, hallelujah. I just know you'll be blessed. So we'll let you know when, when that's happening. But God's doing some great things, and we're glad to see you all today. And pray that the week ahead will be a week full of his blessing and his abundance and just demonstrating and seeing the glory of God. I, I've been working on the last few weeks uh, preaching on faith. If you've missed any of them, then you've missed some good stuff, I got to tell you. I mean, it's been good. There's been some good teaching. And so if you've missed any of them, the live streams may not still be up, but you can always listen to the podcast. I like listening to podcasts because I can go about cleaning or driving. And while I'm in the car, I just listen. I, I, I did that Friday, uh, leaving the funeral. And, and, and I do it when I'm traveling. You just throw something on and get to listen. And you can listen to any of that right on our website for free. It doesn't cost nothing. Uh, we're not one of those. We don't make you pay for it. Uh, but so you can re-listen to any message, and it's awesome. This last few series has just been good. And so I, I can't re-preach what we covered last week. So if you missed it, and when you leave today, if you're sort of like, huh, you might need last week's to catch you up because I, I just can't go back. If I do, we won't get very far. And I told you last week that we were going to begin in Luke chapter 8, and that is where I want to begin today uh, and pick up with that because we've been dealing on faith. And, and even Friday, I talked a little bit about faith at the funeral, that, that, that the enemy comes to take away our hope. And if you and I don't have anything to hope for, then faith doesn't have anything to work with. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. And how the enemy wants you and I to not have hope Hope that things will get better. Hope that things will ever change. Glory to God. Hope that, that we would ever change. Hope, hope that circumstances would ever change. And yet, God is a God that, that the Bible declares in Hebrews 11, now faith, now faith, now faith, right now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The substance or the foundation you and I must have a foundation to be built upon, and it begins with faith and hope. That, that's why I'm going to encourage you, be careful how much media you listen to. Be careful how much social media you allow yourself to intake, because it will affect your hope. Amen, Sister Amy? You know what I'm talking about. If you listen to some of it long enough, I don't know about any of you, but it is toxic, Sister Gloria. It'll get down in my spirit and my soul, and, and before you know it, I'll start being consumed by all the things that are wrong, and we'll start to have a belief that there's no hope. Amen. The enemy would want you and I to have a belief that there's no hope, that somehow we're doomed. But see, the Bible says otherwise. Anybody that knows Scripture, even a little bit, should know that in the end, we win. I said, in the end, we win. Amen, that we're, we're not doomed and we don't need to be uh, doom and gloom, but, but we do have a hope. Amen, our hope and our faith is in Jesus Christ. And so I want you to be encouraged. And that's what this series has been about is to try to build you up and strengthen you and I that we don't believe the lies that often we're fed through the things of this world, through the ways in which the enemy maneuvers in and out of our lives to cause us to believe that we're going down. 
that we're going to take on water and that we're a sinking ship. Hallelujah. I'm thankful today that we do have victory. Amen. Even as the old song says, victory is mine. It's mine. Oh, yes, it's mine. Thank you, Lord, for your victory. Uh, let, let's, let's begin. Otherwise, I'll, I'll, I'll get to preaching too soon. Let's begin if we can. Help us, Lord, today. Hallelujah. Mm. We're going to begin in Luke chapter 8. We're going to just have a couple of verses today. <sighs> Hallelujah. Yes. Luke chapter 8. Just before I read that text, right at the end last week, I closed reminding you of Scripture, of the feeding of the 5,000. Do you remember? We referenced it. The two fish and five loaves of bread, the boy's little lunch. And I told you that the reason that story is so powerful is that as long as the boy left his lunch in his bag, it could be counted. Remember? Two fish and five loaves of bread. But I told you just as we were getting ready to leave that, that when Jesus removed the lunch from the bag and when Jesus started using it, that's when the two fish and five loaves of bread began to multiply. Amen. That as long as the little boy kept the lunch in his bag... It didn't go anywhere. It didn't multiply. But it was when he gave up his lunch and allowed Jesus to start using it that we start losing count. Yes, hallelujah. In other words, we dealt with right at the very end about how God has gifted you and I with all sorts of things that he needs you and I to use. And he needs you and I to offer up to him. And when you and I offer up what God has given us, he will multiply it. Amen. Uh, and in other words, even as God has gifted, uh, if God has gifted you to play an instrument, as you offer it up, God will multiply it. Are you following me? You see, a lot of people, they'll just talk about our giving unto God. And while giving is important, yes, we're talking about gifts that God gives all of us talents and time. And we, we can serve God with our, yes, our gifts, our talent, and our treasure. But see, at, the more I use what God has given me, he'll multiply it in my life. I've had people say, oh, I wish I could do this like you. Or, oh, I wish I could do that like so-and-so. But the more you use it, God multiplies it. That's what happened with the, as long as the little boy left the, the lunch in his bag, it was just two fish and five loaves. That's all it was. If he went off into the corner and ate his lunch, all it would have been was two fish and five loaves of bread. But instead of him being selfish, how many of you know sometimes we can be selfish? Oh, I know there's never any selfish church people. Oh, yeah. Well, I've saw some selfish people this week. I, I've had so many tomatoes. Thanks, Lois and David. They gifted me tomato plants, and so I put in this, like, makeshift garden that it has just, anyway, how they're still growing, I don't know, because I haven't even had time to deal with and weed the garden and take care of it, but I mean an abundance, a harvest, as the Word of God would say, and they just keep coming. I'm like, aren't you all ever going to just die off? 
I was going somewhere. <laughs> There's, that's how much stuff's going through my mind right now. The point is, is the more that, 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 that we, we use whatever God has gifted us with, God will multiply it. Sometimes we will encounter selfish people. That's where I was going. Thanks, somebody, for helping me out. I've had the ability to give tomatoes and things to other people. I've tried to bless people, and then the more I bless, then Lois and Dave bring me more tomatoes. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do? I can only eat pasta and make sauce and put it on, you know, do this and that with it so much. So anyway, I've gifted some of mine. Uh, from time to time, and I've literally had people fight over my tomatoes and upset because I brought to one and not the other. And afraid that, that some people wouldn't share. Are you kidding me? Are, are we really going to be nitty-gritty, uh, selfish like that? Amen. Hallelujah. But see, sometimes we can be just immature like that. We'll fight over silly things. Amen. And yet, what, what you and I need to understand, sometimes that will even happen in the body of Christ and our families. And if we ever want to see what God has given us to be blessed and be multiplied, God is asking you and I that we would give it to him and that we would use it for him. Oh, hallelujah. See, if we would really begin to use our gifts, see, everybody in this place is gifted differently. I'm grateful that not everybody in here can sing. Oh, hallelujah. Uh, amen. I'm really glad right We're, we should be glad not everybody can play an instrument but then some people are more artistic some people are writers some people are organizers some people are, uh, have leadership abilities and that is what makes the body of Christ so awesome is that that we all are able to work together going in the same direction not everybody gets to be able to be a platform celebrity so to speak but everyone is gifted and what god's word what what he's trying to teach you and i last week was that he wants you and i to be able to give him what he's given us so that as we give him what he's gifted us to use he can multiply it oh hallelujah and as we allow him to use it and he multiplies it, it'll be for his glory. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just like the little boy's lunch. It didn't just feed 5,000, but I told you that with women and children involved, it was more like 15,000. And that little two fish and five loaves of bread ended up feeding them all till they were full. And then the disciples went around as Jesus instructed and picked up the scraps. And they got 12 baskets full of leftovers. Come on, somebody. That, that's the kind of God that we serve. He, he's such a God and he's such a multiplier that he'll even give you leftovers when it looks like there isn't enough. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He's God that is more than enough. He's a God that is more than enough. He'll take what is a little and always make it more. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. How many times I've seen God take a little and always make it more than enough. Glory to God. Some of you need to begin to believe that in your life. Stop, stop believing what you're seeing with your natural eye. I can't tell you how many times I've had to tell Lois that. When it comes to finances and things like that, sometimes you have the ebbs and flows of church, right? And I, time and I'm like, would you quit worrying? Would you quit stressing out about things? You just have to trust and know that God is God and he always comes through. Amen. We even testified how God has come through for our church even recently. Hallelujah. And so you, you, you have to begin to truly believe God at his word. We say we do. 
and, and, and we, we say that we trust and we believe in God until you are forced to believe that he's a multiplier in your personal situation. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lord. Luke chapter 8. I, I said I'm going to read this out of a different translation. I, I rarely do that. But I want to read it today out of, out, of, out of God's Word translation. I never use it. This is actually the first time. But I like the way specifically it lays it out. I, I, I usually only use a King James, New King James. But today, just excuse me while I use this version because it lays it out so eloquently in such a way that I believe it's going to help somebody. Are you ready? Luke 8, verse 11. And it says, this is what the story illustrates. The seed is God's word. Mm. Remember, we talked a little last week on seed. Some people are like seeds that were planted along the road. They hear the word, but then the devil comes. He takes the word away from them so that they don't believe and become saved. Oh my, can we just stop right there for a moment? Have you ever noticed that oftentimes you can come and have one of the best services on a Sunday morning and then you leave church and something crazy happens and upsets you and gets you gone and sort of almost ruins everything that you just were, went through and the blessings that just happened on Sunday morning? I want you to understand something. That is the enemy trying to steal your seed. Remember, it lays it out right there in the beginning that God's word is his seed. In other words, when you and I come to the house of God and we hear a message, that is God's seed being planted. And so it's being planted within you and I. And so we should expect that something is going to grow from that. So therefore, when you and I leave here, we can go home and fight with a spouse or, or maybe Geneva and Harley get in the car and Geneva starts acting up like she can do. And, and, and Harley's thinking, how were, you, how were you shouting like that in church and then you look like the devil in my car right now? Right? Oh, I know. Y'all must not have had the family like I did. There were times we would go to church growing up and I mean, the Holy Ghost would fall. And then I was like, who's this devil in the car? Right? I thought, I thought we cast out all the devils in church. And then you, lo and behold, we go home with one. Uh-huh. And so we often wonder, what is happening? Why is this happening? Or, or Monday morning, it strikes. That is, you need to understand, that is the enemy, according to the word of God. Look what we just read. That is the enemy trying to come and steal your seed. He's coming to rob you of what was just deposited. Oh, Hallelujah. In the same manner, there have been times where you may be financially blessed and you think, okay, I, I'm going to finally get ahead. And then the car breaks down. Mm -hmm. Or when we bought the bus a couple years ago and we didn't have it very long and the EGRs went, it was a $5,000 repair job. I was like, Jesus, this repair job costs more than I paid for the bus. The enemy came to steal our seed. To come just to the overflow. You need to understand that about the enemy and how he works and how he operates. Look at that. It's powerful. Now look at verse 13. Still that, that, that same version. Some people are like seeds on rocky soil. They welcome the word. In other words, they're emotional. We can, we can be emotional. So they welcome the word with joy whenever they hear it. But they don't develop any roots. 
Oh, my God. I said they don't develop. I've often wondered, and for, for years, years ago, I used to wonder, God, what's wrong with your people? Trying to pastor and not be able to get the church moving in the same direction. And the issue was, looking back, most of the people I was pastoring didn't have any roots. Oh, Lord, God, help us. Right? That we, 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 we lack having roots. Look at what the scripture says. In other words, verse 13 is saying that we have feelings, emotions, but we have no roots. How many of you know we are often a people that get really caught up in what we feel and my emotions about something? Our nation is polluted right now. Everybody, we have to worry about how everybody feels about everything. We have to be careful about everything we say. Lord God, help if I offend someone. Amen. Oh, no, don't get quiet on me. I mean, even in the church, we have to be politically correct now. I can't tell you how many times I've been cancel cultured on, on TV because of some of the stuff I've said. Nasty emails. Ripping us on Facebook. Usually Twitter is the best for that. Usually that's where I really get slammed. Amen. Twitter trolls. Hallelujah. Because we're all about our feelings and our emotions. Think about often most of the things we fight with people about is about our feelings. In our fa most family drama is always about feelings. I mean, you know, we, we can't ever make anybody feel the way they want to feel. Hallelujah. And what I learned a long time ago is it's my, not my job to make you feel any kind of certain way. Your feelings are entirely up to you to be able to control those. Hallelujah. I can't make you feel like I love you. Oh, my God. For every married person or divorced person or someone struggling in a relationship, hear what I'm telling you. It is not your spouse, your partner's job to make you feel loved. That is you. I know that might be too much for you on a Sunday morning. It, it has everything to do with who you are and your security in who you are. So when someone tries to tell you, you don't make me feel, what they're really saying is, I'm insecure and I don't even love me. That should tell you how to help them. Don't try to work your way and show them that you love them. Oh, I, I, I'm not talking about love today. We're talking about faith. All I'm trying to say to you is we are too emotional. Even in the church, sometimes we'll be real guilty about being emotional about the word. I love it when people shout back at me when, the, when I'm preaching or clap back at me. I, oh, that'll get me going. I love it. But what I don't want is don't shout at me and then go home and let the enemy take your seed. We've been guilty of that in the church. I grew up in the full gospel Pentecostal church, and I remember watching people just, just shout and holler back at Dr. Howe and do all of those great things, but they were always losing their seed. And the reason was, is they were more emotional than they were rooted. Oh, and God's word is saying to us, look what he said in verse 13. Some people are like seeds on rocky soil. They welcome the word, or in other words, they're more emotional with joy whenever they hear it, but they don't develop any roots. God help me to develop some roots. Hallelujah. Because this is how you know if you have roots or not. You will know you have roots if you have staying power. Mm-hmm. It means you can stay when things get tough. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You, you can stay in a relationship when it is, mm. 
when, when you're like, Jesus, give me strength, right? And Ramona, you, you get me, right? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. When, when we get tempted to be able to go somewhere else, I've been offered to go preach other places. I was supposed to move five different times to Florida, and yet I could never go because Holy Spirit would never let me. I wanted to go. I thought, oh, it'd be nice to make six figures down at that big church. Oh, it'd be nice to be able to have my house up on the beach, right? But staying power kept saying, don't you go. It was like God was saying, don't you step outside of where I want you. Don't, don't go there. Don't do that. Hallelujah. Are you hearing me? It's often easy to, to pull up stakes and move and go somewhere or walk away from people who love you or walk away from things that, that maybe don't seem as easy. But, but you know you are rooted when you have staying power. Mm-hmm. Uh, the storms the other night that rolled through and we saw all the destruction up where the tornado hit in the mountains and things like that. And some of you had trees that blew over. They, the trees blew over because they, weren't, they didn't have good root systems. Mm-hmm. And anything that doesn't have a good root system will move. Are you hearing me? God wants you and I to be rooted in such a way. The Bible says that we should be steadfast, immovable saints. Oh, hallelujah. See, I, I want us to have joy. In fact, the Bible says that you and I should have joy and have it joy unspeakable. Joy is a good thing. We need to have joy. There's sometimes we've had joy just break out in church. And the whole time I'm trying to preach, people are just laughing and rolling on the floor. And I'm like, would y'all pull yourselves together? But the Holy Spirit is just filling them. We had some evangelists from Dr. Rodney Howard Brown's church come some years ago and preach. And for one, the services went on forever. I mean, I was just like, it was like 1030 and the altar call was going. And even I'm the preacher and I'm like, okay, Lord. And people are still laughing and carrying on and getting filled. And they're laughing during the offering. And I'm like, never in my life have I seen people laugh while giving but God was filling them with joy, and that's great, and that's awesome when the Holy Spirit will fill you with joy. However, however, watch this. God wants you and I have joy, but if you and I don't have staying power, then we have no roots. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. God's trying to give you something good today. In other words, if we're not careful while we're in church or while we're watching church online, we'll have a feeling We'll, we'll sense an emotion, but we don't end up developing any roots. See, God wants you and I to connect to him in, um, in more of a way than church is more than a feeling. Right. Where it's more than, just a mo more than just a goose bump, more than just a, where we sense just the Holy Spirit. God wants to develop you and I in such a way that we have roots that we're grounded, that we have some staying power. And then when the storms of life come, we're not blowing anywhere. Right? I, I've used the illustration like this about tumbleweeds. Often, often, church people, we can be like tumbleweeds. We end up being fruitless and rootless. Oh, Lord, that's good. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? That's good. Yeah, that's good. Are you hearing me? We'll be fruitless. You know what a tumbleweed is. You know, they're rolling around in the desert, you know, a big ball of bush. They're rootless and they're fruitless. God wants you and I to have some roots and he wants you and I to be able to bear some fruit. And the only way we can do that is if we allow ourselves to start developing some staying power. And we do that by saying, God, develop my faith. Grow me up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. In other words, in verse 13, watch this. 
These, the people in verse 13 who are like seeds on rocky soil, look at what they, they, it's, it, we're the kind of people we believe for a while, but when our faith is tested, we'll abandon it. Mm. I said, we'll believe for a while, but then when our faith is tested, we'll abandon it. Remember, I, when we got ready to close last week, I told you I was going to get to a place of more teaching to you to help you identify what kind of person you are. Are we guilty of being the kind of people that will believe for a while, but when we're really tested, we'll abandon what we believed? That every time a storm comes, we'll be like a tree that falls down. And the wind can knock it over because it had, didn't have great root systems. See, if our roots run deep enough, you and I can be exposed to the same wind. And we may, I may lose some leaves and I may even lose a branch or two. But when the storm comes, I'll be able to stand right back up again. See, because I'm not counting on, on my fruit or my leaf. I'm counting on my roots. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Back, back last winter, we had a lot of those storms. And, um, and those pine trees in my yard, they just came clear out. That one was huge. And, and I mean, it just pulled it clear out. But it's because they don't have deep and great root systems. God wants you and I to be such a people that even though storms and trouble is going to come in life, that we might lose a branch or two, or I might even lose some leaves through it, but that I'm going to depend on my roots and being rooted and grounded in my faith and who God is in his word more than I am what branches I may lose or what fruit I might lose. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's move on down to verse 14 of this. Help us today, Lord. Verse 14, the seeds that were planted among thorn bushes. Notice something, what it says. The seeds that were planted among thorn bushes. In other words, it, it, it's being specific here. The seeds that were planted among thorn bushes. In other words, it has nothing to do with the dirt. He's saying it's about the environment. The seeds that were planted among the thorn bushes are people who hear the word. But as life goes on, watch this, the worries, the riches. Oh, my God. As life goes on, the worries. In other words, what he's saying, the worries. Worry is a seed killer. Does anybody ever worry in this place? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. We often worry because we're not in control. Right? The, the reason we, we, would you ever notice that the things you worry about are the things you have no control over? And the enemy will use worry to kill your seed. So you come to church and here you are here in a continuation of a series on faith and God is trying to build you up and strengthen your faith and, and provide to you deep roots and then something likely will happen to you this week that will, will maybe rock you a little bit cause you to feel a little attacked and the enemy is coming to steal your seed and that it might show up in the form of worry and the enemy uses worry because worry is a seed killer then it goes on that, that, that those are people who hear the word but as life goes on the worries the riches 
Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Riches. Let, let me just pause there again. We'll get through it, I promise. The riches, what's it mean? The real test of riches is not having it, but giving it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The real test of riches, it's not having it, it's giving it. Let, let me explain. The, the, the real test, the reason we give tithes and offerings is, as we give tithes and offerings, that, that tithe when you and I give, it is to break the curse. It is to break the curse of riches. It means even if I'm rich, as I give to God, I'm saying to him, Lord, I'd rather give to you than keep and be able to have more. And so as I give to God, I'm breaking that kind of curse off my life that would cause me to be greedy like the people I mentioned earlier. In other words, every time I bring my money, I let my money know that I'm not worshiping you, but I'm worshiping God. Are you hearing me? So even when I don't have enough, even when I might be like, oh, Lord, if I give this to you, I'm afraid I might run short. What I'm really saying to my money and to God is I'm saying, God, I'm believing you more than I am my money. See, that's why some of you are so blessed. You, 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 you might live on a this much, but you are so blessed and God always meets your need is because you serve God over your money. People look at our church. I, I can't tell you, I dropped my car off down here at the garage the other day because it needed some serious work. And I went down, and all, all I kept hearing was the testimony of this man who is Catholic about how awesome this church is. He, he just wouldn't shut up about it, about how good we are. He said, y'all just aren't afraid to give. He said, when you don't have a line, a food line going down the street a mile long, he said, then you're out here cutting the weeds and trimming the sidewalks and cleaning up and picking up garbage. He said, do you all just never quit? He said, I wish I could get my parish to do something. He said, but they won't get rid of any of their money. He said, they tend to be a little bit selfish. In other words, God can't bless them anymore if they would rather serve their money over their God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When I give to the Lord, whether I have much or I have little, I'm breaking the curse off of my life that, that, that where the enemy would try to say, you need to trust your money or your bank balance more than you do God. Mm -hmm. So God continues to bless me or God continues to bless our church oftentimes because we are givers. As a church, we're a giver. Hallelujah. As a church, we keep feeding the hungry. As a church, we'll keep clothing the poor. Are you hearing me? As a church, we'll keep giving. Amen. As a church, we'll keep believing. But, but in other ways, we sow. Amen. Because we believe in our God more than we do our money. Money cannot be our God. I'm not in ministry because of money. Let me just tell you. All right. We don't do what we do to make money. We're not on TV because we make good money. No. We don't do all the things that we do. That, that's not what drives us. Are you hearing me? I realize that we are in a society that tries to push you and I to have more and more and more of it. But what God wants you and I to understand is you and I can either serve him or you can serve your money. And so the reason this text says what it does, that, that we are often like people who hear the word, but as life goes on, the worries and the riches... The riches, it brings up riches, and, and we'll move on here in a moment. It brings up riches because God wants you and I to, to, to be able to understand no matter how much you and I give, give no, no, no matter how much God gives me, I'm, when I give my offering and my tithe to God, that's me letting God know, Lord, you can trust me. 
Somebody needs to hear what I just said. I had somebody the other day tell me, they don't, they don't go here. They, they, they had sought my counsel about something their preacher preached, and they didn't like it. And, 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 I, and I was trying to help them and, and just give them Bible. Not my opinion, but Scripture. Amen? And so I, I gave them Scripture, and I referred back to this very point I just made, that no matter how much that God would give me, when I give to God, it lets God know He can trust me. Hallelujah. That, that's why tithing says, Lord, no matter how much you give me, Lord, if you give me $10, $100, or 10000 Lord, you can trust me. You can trust me with what you give me that nothing will separate me from the love of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why when you give to God, it is so important that no matter the amount, amounts aren't important. There are some people that give little, but they give more than the people who have much because they are faithful in it. And they're giving God a signal that says, Lord, you can trust me with what you give me. Hallelujah. Some of you, and I probably know people, they just keep getting blessed. Right? There are just some people I know, they're just always blessed. And the reason that they are blessed, it's not necessarily that you're doing something wrong. They may have just learned something sooner than you did. And that was the more that they give to God, it is letting God know, Lord, you can trust me with what you give me, that I won't be selfish and try to keep more from me, that I'll trust you beyond anything else. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Yes, Lord, you can trust me. Look at this. And it says, so it says, but as life goes on, the worries, the riches, and pleasures of life choke them. Remember, I said we'll get through it. Hallelujah. The worries, the riches, and the pleasures of this life will choke them. Oh, Lord. Remember, I said they're seed killers. Worries, riches, and pleasures. How many of you know sometimes we often get distracted that instead of God and coming to church, there's a thousand other things we could be doing? Uh-huh. It could be my golfing day. Now we're getting back into football season, and I've literally had people say, Preacher, I'd love to come to church, but I can't because i got to see the Steelers. Or i got to watch the Redskins. Or I, what? Or i got to watch the Browns. Mm, Jesus that's what Bible, see, it doesn't say football or it doesn't say golfing, but it does say pleasures. Whatever it is, that the enemy will use pleasures to be a seed killer. Then people will say to me, oh, preacher, would you pray for me? I'm just not as on fire for God like I used to be. I wonder. I wonder why. What is it that you've allowed in your life that has been a seed killer? Worry. Look what it says. Worry, riches, and pleasures. Hallelujah. Worries, riches, and pleasures. Because if you and I allow pleasures of this life to become more important than the one who gave it to you, then you're worshiping the creation and not the creator. See, what you have to understand is God has given us the opportunity to be able to enjoy those kind of things. I can go enjoy a good, no, I don't like golf, but he, he, I enjoy watching a football game. I enjoyed watching the Steeler game the other night. Yeah, it was nice. It was fun. But he gives me those things to be able to enjoy in this life, but it's about prioritization. Otherwise, I start worshiping the creation and not the creator. Are you hearing me? And so when we start choosing the things that he has blessed us in our life, I like to get out on the lake, on the lake too, on the boat. That's fun. Mm -hmm. Some water skis, some tubing, all of that. Yes, hallelujah. Or put me in a pool or on the beach. I'll enjoy those pleasures too. But if I'm not careful, right, I'll end up worshiping that more than I do the creator. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so God is warning us in his word that you and I have to be careful, that we have to be careful of our worries, our riches, and, and our pleasures of this life. Thank you, Jesus. Are you, somebody still with me today? Don't fall asleep just yet. I won't keep you long. So this scripture, let me read on. Go ahead and turn that on for me. I just feel like an atmosphere needs to be set. Mm. Look at what it says. But as life goes on, the worries, the riches, and pleasures of life choke them. So when you have worry showing up, when you have pleasures tempting you, and when you have riches tempting you, oh my God, you need to know that that is the enemy behind it trying to choke out your seed. Trying to choke out what God's trying to do in your life. But watch this, the, the scripture goes on and it says, so they don't produce anything good. The enemy brings about those three things in your life so that you don't produce anything good. In other words, probably all of us have either been the person or we know people who have been in church a long time, but we haven't really changed much. We've heard a lot of word, but it hasn't had the ability to produce anything good. Let me help you. It wasn't necessarily that it's your fault. It was that nobody taught you that you need to be rooted more than just hearing. All right. So you relieve yourself of the stress that it's all your fault. No, 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 no. I'm not one of those preachers. What I'm telling you is now God's bringing this word and this revelation to you. Now he's saying you need to be accountable for it. What are you going to do with the seed I'm giving you? Hallelujah. Uh, hallelujah. So he says they don't produce anything good. Why? Because they get choked. Because they get choked. The, look what it says. Verse 15. The seeds that were planted on good ground are people who also hear the word. These are people who also hear the word, but they keep it in their good and honest hearts and produce what is good despite what life may bring. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let me read that part again. But they keep it in their good and honest hearts and produce what is good despite what life may bring. See, some of us, we can produce good stuff and people think we're, we're, we're in the middle of a good time. And, but the truth is, is oftentimes when people think we're in the middle of a great time or a time of abundance, all hell is often and usually breaking loose in our life. But yet we still produce. Despite what I'm going through, I'll often still produce. Despite what, what I sometimes hear, I'll still produce. Despite what we're facing, we'll often still produce. Amen. Sometimes even despite what we're thinking, we're still going to praise the Lord anyhow. Hallelujah. And so this text that we're reading is, is, is breaking it down into four different types of people in the text. There's four sort of classes of people that I want you to, to have an understanding of. And, and I want you to have, uh, those of you that are note takers, you're, you're, you're gathering them while I'm laying this out for you. And you can write them down. There are four different classes of people. And this is going to tell you what kind of ground are you. What kind of ground are you? That was the question I said I'd lay out for you today. What kind of ground are you? Number one. Number one. 
the enemy stole it before they could flourish even to the point of salvation that's number one the enemy stole it before they could flourish even to the point of salvation in other words you hear the word but it never stays people say to me all the time i told you that last week when i go to walmart i go here i always run into people that watch us on tv or watch us online we'll run into people with enormous closets they're always like oh i watch you i listen to you all the time i said to the lady last week i said yeah but is it doing any good it's great that you listen but is it doing you any good in other words we can hear the word but if it's not changing us and causing us to become more rooted in other words did you let someone steal it before your seed could flourish in other words if you and i aren't careful you will let what god deposits to us here in this place or when we hear the word we'll let someone or the enemy steal it before it could flourish all right that's number one number two number two these are people that we receive the word with joy but we don't have any root and when our faith is tested it withers away oh I want you to understand something about number two. Let me, I'll, I'll say it again. They receive the word with joy, but they have no root. And when their faith is tested, it withers away. I want you to understand something. This is, this is one that can be very deceptive. These could be dangerous people. Because they often can fit into a church real good. It looks like they're hearing the word. It looks like they're super spiritual. Hallelujah. They fit in real good. We'll react to the word. We can jump up and down and shout hallelujah, but we have no root in the word of God. And you can test whether you have root or not. This is how you can test by how you have root or not. You test how, whether you have root or not by how you react to the storm. Oh, Lord. Remember we used to sing, I shall not be, I shall not be moved. Just like a tree planted by the waters, I shall not be moved. You can tell whether you're rooted or not. You can tell but whether you're rooted or not by how you react to the storm. In other words, when you and I are around people at work that drive us crazy, people that are often immature, reacting fleshly and all those things, and we want to say grow up, what we really mean is get some roots. Get some roots. Because here we are, we're often praying for God to give us promotion, for God to give us more. But here's what I've learned. As long as I'm whining and complaining about where I am right now, and I don't have any roots about where I am right now, God can't give me more. So you want a better paying job. You can't handle the stress of your rinky-dink paying job. 
I'm for real. People come to me and they'll pray for me, Pastor. Yeah, but you've said nothing good about your boss, nothing good about your place of work. And then you want God to bless you and anoint you with something that requires more of you. And the way I understand God is God says, let me see that I can trust you with what I gave you. Goes back to our giving. This is the difference between people who can give much or who can give little. Listen, God says, let me know I can trust you with it. In the same way that when I give my money to God, it lets God know I'm serving him and not my money. It lets God know you can trust me with whatever you give me. The same way it's true that God, I can let God know, Lord, you can trust me with whatever job you give me. Every job I've ever had. I, when I started out my first job at Midtown Foodland, hallelujah, downtown Uniontown, where senior life is now, I used to bag groceries. By the time I left that job four years later, I, I wasn't just bagging groceries. I was a teenager, no less, but I, I had uh, already been bagging groceries, stock boy. Then I, I, I had done other things. I worked in the dairy. I worked in the produce. Uh, then I started learning how to read and crash register. Before that ended up, I ended up running the front office. When that was all done, I was upstairs counting the day-to-day -day cash and making deposits. And yet I was only 16 years old. Come on, somebody. Because I let God know you can trust me with whatever you give me. Then I, every other job I ever move on from, God always promoted me beyond what I was what it's really capable for because I always let God know you can trust me with what you give me. I didn't have a degree in this, but God left me have excellence in it, let me succeed in it because I always demonstrated he could trust me with what he gave me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Can God trust you with where he has you right now? Because as long as you are Debbie Downer, God says, I can't bless that. But if you will show me that, I, that you will give me what it is that you have, if you will show me that you can honor those that I have placed you up under, honor your bosses, even though you don't like them, honor them, bless them, speak well of them. Don't get caught up in the other negative Nancy's who are going to talk about them and gossip about them bless them if you can bless them God says then I'll know I can trust you with more then I know I can promote you and bless you and give you their job and fire them are you hearing me because now I know I can trust you with more hallelujah thank you Jesus that's what the word of God is saying that's how you know if you have root or not by how you react to the storm if the test can destroy your faith then you may have had joy, but you have no root. If storms come in this life and, and, and it, it takes your faith and you had no root, hallelujah. I, I, let me just be honest with you. I'm in a season of my life. I'm going to be real transparent with you. I'm in a season in my life where I just cannot deal with people who have no root. I love them, but I can't deal with you. Oh, amen. That might be too much for some of you. I just feel like I'm, I'm really at an impatient place in my life. I'm tricks are for kids, baby. And there's a lot of people that will come to church and they're about the tricks and the maneuvers and all of that stuff, but they're not rooted. They're not interested in growing anymore. They just want to stay weak and feeble. I don't have time for rootless and fruitless people. Amen. I need to be around me. I want to be around people who have some roots and have some fruits that can, we can interchange and share ideas and demonstrate revelation and strengthen one another. Amen. So I'm just in that season. I just can't deal with people who have no root. In other words, they're the kind of people who call every day and, and yet... And, and every day they call or every day that, that we see them, we never know what version of them we're going to get. Oh, you, I, I said that at your mom's funeral too. That one thing about her mom is she was steadfast and immovable, consistent. 
that you always knew was she was tenacious and she was a prayer warrior. You always knew what you were going to get. And there are some people I know that, that your Facebook is like, what? Are you hearing what I'm saying? People's Instagram, it's like up, down, all around, highs and lows. I'm like, Lord Jesus, let's lay hands on you. You need deliverance. You need help. Glory to God. You don't need to take another pill. What you really need is some root. Are you hearing me? It, 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 it's like, or, or you go out, I, I had to go out to dinner, and I, I don't like to do that very often, but I had to go out to dinner, and I was just, I literally pulled it in, and I sat in the parking lot, and I said, God, I don't know what I'm about to walk into. What version of them I'm going to get. But God, whoever I'm meeting today, give me strength. Because I don't have time for people who are rootless. For people whose emotions are all over the place, up and down and all around. I love you. I respect you. Watch this. We can love people like that and we can respect people like that. But I cannot build off of you because you have no roots. My God, isn't that good? That's why God's word, that's why this parable is so profound. This is a parable that Jesus gave. A lot of the parables of Jesus are, you have to really dissect and study to understand. This is not one of them. In fact, this is the only one where Jesus sort of just lays it out and says, be careful of rootless and fruitless people. He tells you and I, watch them, love them, respect them, but keep your clear. Keep a distance because you can't build with them. Because every time you start trying to build with them, they'll move. Their agenda will shift. I'm helping somebody in this place. I can sense it. Do you know how many times people say, I love you, I love you, I love you, and then look at them, where are they now? Did they stick with you through the most difficult times of your life? When trauma hits you, when struggle hits your life, where are they now? No, they're, they're not with you. They didn't build with you. God wants you and I in the body of Christ to be a people that we're so rooted that we can build off of one another. That's why church is not competition. Church is about building one another up that I can build off of Amy and Amy gets to build off of me. And then because Amy is building off of me, Don gets to build off of me and I get to build off of Don. And then off of Don, then, 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 then the next one gets to build off of it. Are you seeing me? It's one body and many members. So God said, be careful. Make sure that you are connected to people that are rooted. Because otherwise, if you connect with people who aren't rooted, when they leave, they'll cause it to fall. Oh, hallelujah. Some of you need to be testing some of the relationships you have with people. Are they rooted? In other words, how do they react to the storms of life? How do they react to bad news? How do they react when a bad doctor's report comes through? How do they react when there's no money in the account? How do they react when we don't know how we're going to make our next meal? Lois, how do I react to stress? Pretty steadfast, right? Because I'm letting God know I can handle it. I can, that doesn't mean I don't get quiet. Sometimes a little short. But I'm letting God know, hey, I can handle it. Whatever comes, I'm rooted. It's letting the enemy know, oh, yeah, it's all right. You, you, you can cause some car repairs. I'm rooted. 
the, the grocery bills can mount and the utility bills can but I'm, but I'm rooted. Are you hearing me? So, so God, you can trust me with whatever you give me. I believe that. I had a pastor ask me Friday, how has your church been able to accomplish all? It's only 12 years old. I wanted to say I'm rooted. I wanted to say that because I knew that where I was going, but I didn't. I summed it up with because we let God know he could trust us. That really summed it up. We let God know he can trust us because whatever he gives us, we let him know we can manage it well. And so I, some people think I'm fanatic that I like the church spotless and I, I want the floors washed and waxed and I want to make sure you have clean. And I, no, no, no. Because I want God to know he can trust us. That if I can take, we can take care of this, he'll bless you with more. That if we can manage the finances he gives us, he'll bless you with more. Are you hearing me? So even when my car had holes all through the floorboards and as I drove, I could see the road moving underneath me. I washed it and I waxed it. Because I let God know he could trust me with what you gave me. Or are you hearing what I'm trying to tell you today? You need to, whatever it is, I don't care how bad your house is or your car. I don't care if you don't have, if you've got a bicycle. Let God know he can trust you with it. Let him know. Let God know he can trust you with it. God, I, 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 I need a new bicycle, but I'm going to wash this one. Hallelujah. I'm going to care for this one. Somebody said, look, just pray, Pastor. I, I, I really want to start looking at a new house. And then I went to their house. They said, what do you think, Pastor? I said, I really think before God will ever bless you with something more, you better care for what he gave you right now. Nothing was wrong with it. But they needed to honor God with what he gave them. Are you hearing me? Let God know he can trust you with whatever he gives you. Oh, are you still with me? See, I know this. Where you and I are going, where we are going as a church, there's going to be some storms there and there will always be haters. But you have to have some roots. You've got to have some roots. If people in your life only stay with you in the sunshine and then they run in the rain, listen, they can't be your friend. People who always run when the rain comes from your life, they cannot be your friend. A real friend is a person that runs in when everybody else runs out. That's who I look for in my life. I look for people that when all hell is coming against me, I look for the people that run forward, not the people who try to back away. I've been through difficult times. I've been through times when everybody has something to say and everybody thinks they know things, whether it's about me or about the church or about stuff. I pay no mind to the people who run their mouth. In fact, I'll ignore them. I'll unfriend them. I'll do whatever I need to take because you're a devil and I'll call you a devil. But what I will pay attention to is whoever runs forward to say, Pastor, I'm sure you're hurting right now. Can I pray with you? Pastor, I just ignore what they're trying to say. Those kind of, I listen to them and I watch for those people because I know they're diehards. I know that they're rooted. Are you hearing me? I know that they're connected and they're rooted in something bigger than themselves and a feeling or an emotion. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? You need to pay attention to those that are rooted in your life like that, that when hell breaks loose, they come running. They don't run the opposite way. You don't need fair-weathered friends in your life. You don't need friends in your life that they you have to meet their expectations to be in their life. Come on, somebody. You need to be 
have some people that say, I love you. And even when you fall, I'm going to come running. Even when, when you're having a bad day, I'm going to come running. Some people know that about me, that I don't care what you've done. I've had people betray me and lie on me. And they're some of the, my best friends to this day. I'll have coffee with them. I got pastors in town that used to hate my guts. Guess what? Now we're good friends. We'd be texting and saying, hey, how are you? All of that kind of stuff. Why? Because I'm the kind of guy that I can look past what you did. I can look past your mistake. I'll love you anyhow. All I want in return is for you to love me the same kind of way. So that's why I'm stingy. That Somebody said to me the other day, how come you still ain't married? Because until I find someone that can love me the way that radical kind of way in return, I'm going to stay single because I'm better off single until some woman can love me in that kind of way. That, that, that way that's so desperate and so unconditional that I'll love you radically and crazy that you can be crazy up in yourself and all your mess and I'm going to celebrate you when you walk in the door. And see, a lot of people can't love like that. They want you to be a certain way to try to love you. Are you hearing what I'm trying to say? Well, when you get your life together, I'll love you. You're a devil. Come on, I'm trying to give you proof and truth right now. See, that's what we've done in the church. We've tried to tell people when you act right, come to church. You need to stop with that nonsense. That is not gospel. Jesus went to right in the middle of where people are. Let them come addicted. Let them come messed up. Let them come drunk. Let them come off the street if they have to. Let them, but let Jesus Christ do the work. That's the kind of love that God wants you and I to have for one another. Stop trying to make people change so that you so it's easier for you to love them. God never intended them to be easier to love. God intended for you to be challenged in the midst of your love to become more like him. Oh, I'm preaching good to you today. Because God wants you and I to have some roots. Church, we've lost our roots. When I grew up in the old time church, in the full gospel church, I'm going to tell you, we had some roots. You maybe didn't like everything we always said, but we had some roots. And you knew that if you was in trouble and you came running to the house of God to church, God was going to meet you because you were going to meet some people who were rooted. I cannot remember a time whenever I was growing up in church and my, my pastor, my, who was my spiritual father before he died last year, would lay hands on me and God not show up. I don't ever remember a time that he laid hands on me and something didn't happen. And I'm not talking about goosebumps or just falling to the floor. I'm talking about absolutely no question. Holy Spirit showed up, moved. People were healed, delivered, set free. Miracles happened. And the reason is, is because he was rooted. We often in the body of Christ pray and pray and pray. without any fruit and there can be no fruit if we are not rooted churches are full of people who are having altar calls and nothing's happening nothing's happening because sometimes the people that are praying and laying hands aren't rooted mm. Jesus help me I'm going to give you the third group and I'm going to stop with it. I'm, not, I'm still not going to get through. This third group 
that in the text that we read that Jesus lays out. The third group, this is it. The third group allows external circumstances to abort the promise like worry, riches, pleasures of life. And they do not produce anything good. The third group allows external circumstance to abort the promise and therefore not producing anything good. Let me tell you what worry is. Worry is negative faith. Worry is to have faith in what you don't want to happen. Do you hear that? When you worry, that is you having faith in what you don't want to happen more than what you're believing God. So when you start worrying about money and you're losing sleep over it, you're, you're, you're believing more in not having money and you having faith more in not having money, not having resources, not having finances, not having a job more than you are having it. In other words, worry is faith turned inside out. That's why the Bible says, do not worry. It's a commandment. Why? Why is it a commandment? He, he commands us not to worry because God's letting you and I worry is a seed killer. In other words, when you and I keep thinking the same thought over and over again, that's worry. And the more that you rehearse it, the more you magnify it. This is right here. It's right where most of us start losing out, right here. We start losing in this third category because of worry. Worry chokes faith. Worry chokes faith. Worry chokes faith. I'm not going to worry, Lord. I'm not going to worry, Lord. I'm not going to let worry be a seed killer. I'm not going to let worry take over what God has deposited into me today. That's the kind of mindset you and I need to have in this place today. I'm not going to let any seed killer come and take away what God's depositing in my life today. See, God's given you this word in such a way that he wants you and I to be able to receive the seed and develop roots from it. Where you can start and we can be the kind of people that God needs us to be in this hour and this time that we'll have some roots. That we won't be tumbleweeds that are rootless and fruitless. Oh, Lord, help me not to be a tumbleweed that is rootless and fruitless. Make that part of your prayer. God, I don't want to be rootless and fruitless. But Lord, help me to grow some roots. And when the enemy comes this week whether he comes in an hour from now or he comes Monday morning when you're out in the workplace, when the enemy comes, you need to recognize it as a seed killer. That the enemy is showing up to try to take away what seed God has deposited. Recognize it for what it is. This, this word will help you start identifying people that are coming to take your seed. Seed killers in your life that, that show up looking like friends and sometimes even family that really they're just seed stealers. They're there to choke out your seed. If you allow it, God will start helping you to identify them so you, you don't interact with people that are trying to take away what God is doing in your life right now. 
Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Are you with me this morning? Yes. Glory to God. Glory to God. Faith under fire. Now I think this is part three. Now we're going to have a part four. Our faith is under fire. But if you will allow it, you, it, you will be, start being the person that people are going to come to and say, man, I want to have a faith like yours. Man, I want to be able to believe God like you. If you will allow, uh, some of this is foundational teaching that we need to get in our heart and our spirit. And if you do, you will be one of those radical people of faith like I'm teaching to you about. That you will be so rooted that you will not be moved by anything that happens in your life. Nothing will move you. No storm will move you. No problem in this life will move you. No surprise that you weren't expecting will move you. Nothing will move you because you are going to be so rooted and grounded in your faith and maintain your hope. Oh, God, help us. Help us, Lord. Somebody say, keep me rooted. Mm-hmm. Say it again. Say, keep me rooted. Hallelujah. If you're able to, can you stand to your feet today? Lord God Almighty. Great presence of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Precious Lord. Keep me rooted. Keep me rooted. God, we bless you today. We honor you. you sense right now is just I believe the Holy Spirit is doing a work moving in your life helping you growing some roots in you growing some roots in you Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. These final few moments, anybody in this place that says, Pastor, I need to be rooted. I need to be more rooted. I need my faith to grow and keep me planted. the word minister to you in that way and you recognize it would you come join me and Scott hallelujah don't, don't, don't wait all we're going to do is pray together I'm not out to embarrass anybody but Lord I don't want to be a tumbleweed rootless and fruitless mm. rootless and fruitless but help me to be rooted yes yes 
Yes. As you, those of you that are coming, just join together. And if you can, just put your hand on someone's shoulder next to you. I believe in connecting. I believe in that because that means if Lois grows root and I'm connected to her, guess what? I'm rooted. <laughs> are you hearing what I'm saying? It means if Geneva grows root and my roots are a little shallow, I'm still connected to the root system. See, this is why church is so, so important. That we're to be a family in that kind of way. So much so the Bible says when one of us celebrates, we all do. When one of us grieves, we all do. Because we're rooted together in one family, in one system. I believe that our Heavenly Father sees every one of you that are standing in the front of this place today. And that your desire is that you not be rootless or fruitless, but that your fruits, that your roots would remain. And that you would be steadfast and immovable. And in the past, you may have felt like a tree that's been uprooted or blowing in the wind, but this is the beginning of a brand new day where the seeds that you are receiving are going to begin to grow some roots and you're going to begin to stay planted and, and you're going to be ever so watchful of those that come into your life that are seed killers. <laughs> seed killers. So as we close, I want to pray for you in this place. Father, I thank you for your word that is ministering to the hearts and lives of people when our faith is under fire. I thank you for this series and this word that God you're giving. And I thank you for the power and the anointing. But Lord, I pray over the people in the front of this sanctuary today. Holy Spirit, Come and minister and move. Touch every heart and mind and life. Minister to the deepest places of their soul and the very spirit of every man and woman. Deposit your seed, which is your word, into their life. Father, awaken them in such a way and may they become more disciplined that they're ever so aware of those around them that are seed killers people that are toxic and that are killing and taking out their seed, I pray in the name of Jesus. But Father, I pray over them today that, Lord, they, you would take them to a new level, a new place in faith. Lord, that they'll have the ability and the audacity, God, to believe you for things they've not yet had the ability. Lord, let us be able to be the kind of people that, Lord, can say, Lord, you can trust me with what you gave me because I'm going to give you whatever you've given me. I'll give you my gifts. And I'll use them for your glory. I'll give you my talents and I'll use them for your glory. And yes, Lord, I'll even give you my seed and I'll use it for your glory. So, Lord, you can trust me with what you gave me. You can trust me. Father, bless these people in the front of this place. Grow their faith. God, I pray you would grow their faith exponentially, Lord, as we continue this series on faith. God, I pray that you would strengthen them, develop them, God, even as your text said today. Comfort them even now. God, I pray around the front of this sanctuary this morning that, God, you would just strengthen. Lord, breathe strength in this place today. Somebody feels weak. 
weary, tired. Lord, let the power of the Holy Spirit swell up in them and strengthen them right now. Like the valley of dry bones, can these bones live again? Suddenly there was a rattling sound. Bone connecting to bone. Tissue and muscle began to grow. And the bones in that valley begin to come together. Father, I pray that everything that looks like it will never come together in their life, let it be so in the name of Jesus. Let, may they experience a valley of dry bones in their life. Where God, things that look like they won't ever come together will come together in the name of Jesus. Grow them. Strengthen them. Holy Spirit, impart into your people right now. In the name of Jesus. God, we give you the glory and the honor and the praise right now. In your powerful name. Amen. Amen. Church, your faith may be under fire, but you are going to be a steadfast, immovable saint for God. I believe it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My prayer is that this week you're just blessed in the abundance of God and that you experience His presence in a powerful and wonderful way. I pray you have a beautiful week in Jesus. We love you. We're so glad you're with us today. I know a few of us guys are going to gather together tomorrow and do a little pressure washing and painting both here and over at the offices. Anybody that's free and wants to help us, you can come join us, I think, tomorrow and Tuesday. Weather cooperating. We'll be meeting in the morning between 9 and 10, so you can come be a part if you want. Hallelujah. We love you. We appreciate you. We thank you, everybody. Have a beautiful day in the Lord.